broadcasting from an undisclosed location, from a secret hunting spot known only to him and the guy who told him about it, and possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics. That's right, this is The Hunting Show. I'm your host, Stephen Spargo, and we have some awesome things coming. Announcements. I love announcements. In weeks to come, we're going to be able to tell you all about a new strategic alliance that the hunting show is going to have. I don't know where that word came from, but that's what we've got coming up. And I'm really, really excited. I'm really excited to announce that. And hopefully you'll hear that uh, maybe not next week, but certainly by the week after, you'll know all about that. Had a little bit of feedback from last week's show with Dougie. Most of you really enjoyed it. I did start getting, and I I kind of opened a can of worms here, I did start getting emails from you guys about Cecil the Lion. Um, I replied to most of them. Some of them I didn't. To be honest, it's not a subject. It's been done to death. It's not a subject that I want to get into a whole lot more. So that's all I'm going to say about Cecil the Lion because, well, I'm over it. Yep, that's it. Over it. Over Cecil the Lion's thing um if you want to catch up on that go to a website go to stuff go to nz herald there's plenty of information on there for you for this week's interview we're jumping across the tasman and i'm joined by skype with jason selms how are you jason thanks mate thanks for having me now jason how about you do your intro because you're you, you know you you do this every week you've got the australian hunting podcast tell us a little bit about it first of all yeah, man. I, um, it started in 2011. Uh, really just, I wanted to, I was actually back into hunting and, and shooting myself. I, I got a firearms license when I was about 18 years old and, you know, didn't really have, you know, any friends that were hunters. Didn't, my parents didn't hunt, my brother didn't hunt, uh, and no family members hunted. So I got my, uh, first air rifle. Yeah. It was a, <laughs> it was a Diana model 36. Uh, and I had that for about eight years <laughs> and, and didn't really do much, much, much shooting in between there. A couple of times down the range over the over the years, but nothing sort of serious. And it wasn't until I went on a trip. Um, it was a friend of mine in uh, Dallas, Texas. He said, "Jason, um, cousin David wants you to come down to Waco um, when you when you get over here to come on a hunt to hunt uh, doves in in Waco, Texas. Would you be interested in doing that?" And I said, "Hell yeah, I'd be interested in doing that." So we got to Waco. Um, hunted like morning, night, morning, night over two days. And it was just using semi-automatics. They were just great people. It was absolutely fantastic. And I got back from that trip and that sort of renewed my vigor of getting back into, into hunt, into hunting and shooting. I checked my firearms license at the time. It was expired by about three weeks. So I rang up the registry and said, Hey, listen, you know, this is, this is expired. I, I even still, I think had my air rifle time and i'm surprised they hadn't come and tried to seize it and uh basically from there mate the rest is history a couple of months later i had my license and um uh i went and bought my first 12 gauge shotgun and my 223 a taker and i haven't looked back since but getting back to the podcast in 2011 i there wasn't much you know going around and i was wanting to find more information i was wanting to become you know to get into hunting become a better hunter to become a better shooter and i just started talking to people and i thought well 
you know, people would be able to use this information. Why, how can I get this information out? So I thought about a blog and then thought, not nah, too difficult, way too much for me. <laughs> I, I'm not interested in doing that stuff. So, and I thought, well, you know, a podcasting might be fairly easy. And I'd already been listening to, you know, several podcasts on the internet and thought, well, yeah, why not? And, you know, four years later, you know, roughly about 40,000 downloads a month. And we've got, you know, major, you know, organizations on board. Um, and you know, I've interviewed you know senators. I've interviewed Olympic champions. I've interviewed hunters. And you know, my goal is to get people out there to you know get off their bums, write to their ministers because you know, as you guys know, you have a great system over there. We have a not so great system, and in fact, a terrible system yeah. uh, of firearms laws that don't revolve that they say revolve around public safety, but really, to me, it's just you know they you know it's disarmament, and they're using the uh, Lint Cafe siege that you probably all be aware of just recently to try and restrict our rights uh, even further. And, you know, you're just a stone throw over the pond and have, have fantastic laws. So, you know, you tell me. The, the interesting thing about those laws, and I've always struggled with this, Jason, and I, I think maybe from the outside it, it even looks more bizarre, but our firearms crime is lower than yours. Yet our laws are, for want of a better word, they're not looser, they're almost more sensible. Yep. getting a firearms license in New Zealand isn't particularly hard but yep. it seems like all you've done over there and I don't want this to be a political podcast but all you've done <laughs> over there is is in, is make more firearms illegal that, that's from what yeah. it, that's what it feels like from outside yeah we're spending you know 500 plus million dollars per year you know to, to register firearms which again you guys don't have over there uh, you know you still have access to you know all the all the firearms yeah that we had pretty much pre-1996 and you know uh, firearms cr homicide crime with a firearm was dropping long before 1996 yet they say there hasn't been any mass shootings well there hasn't been in New Zealand either so you know I'm not sure where you know and your police minister and that's the difference in I think New Zealand to Stephen, compared to Australia, like you have your officials, elected officials, backing up the rich, you know, hunting culture and heritage of New Zealand, where our politicians are always trying to take it, take it away from us. The police ministers, um, the 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 uh, uh, police commissioners as well, they you know, they all get together and they basically make the law in this country, not the politicians. So. It's kind of disappointing, and we'd love to adopt your system over here in a heartbeat. That's what we're pushing on my show regularly. New Zealand's a very good uh, a case for what we should be, and I'm glad you guys didn't get on the same path that we went down in 1996. Yeah, because some of the laws over there seem outright bizarre. Oh, mate, they don't even make sense. No, one of them I'd <laughs> like to mention is we, sure. we over in New Zealand here, we're allowed suppressors. Now, there's actually rules coming in or potentially coming in before I start getting hate killing or people that, that hunt as their profession have to have suppressors on their rifles uh, for mainly for hearing protection and safety and, and there's a whole lot of stuff but over there they're illegal it, it just seems strange the suppressors never hurt anyone yeah, no, correct. And they also often complain about our rangers saying, you know, they're the, the noise pollution from rangers. Well, wouldn't it make sense just to give us suppressors? But they think everyone's going to become, you know, like that video game hitman just overnight. Everyone's going to start shooting people. You're not going to hear any noise. And everyone's unfortunately going to become a cold blooded killer, which is you know, which is just not realistic. If we had suppressors, we could have more ranges, you know, things would be a lot better. You know, it's just safer instead of, you know, it's like some people wear hearing protection in the field. It's just dangerous. So, so. I, I just want to touch a little bit more on these firearms laws over there before yep. we move on. 
can you explain to us your system? Uh, Kiwis don't need to understand our own. We get ours. But what, <laughs> how does yours differ from ours? Yep. So pretty much what we do, if you want to get a firearms license, you have to first off do a safety course, which I think is fantastic. You know, it's we always that, good yeah. to be proficient in firearms. You And then in Australia, where the big difference is, you have to have what they call a genuine reason to own a firearm. Yeah. Uh, you can't just own one because you want to, which I think is still stupid as well, but that's how it is. Um, then we have a grading system. So category A, B, C, D, H and G, and they all they're all for different things. So the average shooter can get category a and b which is you know your rim fires you know your center fires um also get your lever actions as well when you start getting into category c is your uh semi-automatic uh and pump action shotguns with a magazine capacity of less than five rounds you also have uh rim fire like semi-auto 22 such as you know your ruger 10 22 etc then you get into category d firearms which are you know, your, your, your center fire, semi-automatics, and those types of firearms as well. So category C and D, 90, 99%, or I don't know exactly, but 98% of people don't have access to those types of firearms. So category C, genuine reason, would be like a primary producer, someone who owns a farm and runs cattle or sheep, et cetera. Mm. And category D, generally, for center fire, semi-automatics, like, you know, your ARs, et cetera, you have to either be a licensed pest controller or basically work for the government. So obviously, you know, there's very little Category D firearms owners. Um, you have your Category H, which is your handguns, uh, Category G, which is your collector as well. So generally, most people have Category A and B. That covers you know, your, your break-open shotguns. I mean, you know, it's very difficult. We can't own those firearms. I mean, those firearms aren't an issue. Again, we see what you guys are doing over there, and it's it's just not a problem. But, you know, when Mans Monus, you know, use the – pump action shotgun in the sydney siege this has been they're currently now reviewing the national firearms agreement which is what john howard our prime minister at the time put in place uh to basically you know reduce our rights i mean he he, he basically hated guns he said he hated guns um he, he he likes america but he doesn't like the american gun culture i'm like well you know there's not really a huge difference there is a little bit in culture i guess but yeah we're a different country we're you know we're south we've got our own culture but i think it's still rich in in hunting um, New Zealand has a rich hunting culture as well, which is fantastic. And, you know, again, your elected officials seem to respect that. I mean, in Australia, I'll give you an example, Stephen, like an air rifle is, categ is categorized in the same category as a, as a, as a 12 gauge. It's, it's funny shotgun. you say that because I actually put that in my notes here to talk to you about air rifles. Gosh, uh, air rifles here are a non event. Um, so it has to be registered. Yeah, here you don't even need a license. Unbelievable. Yeah. In, in Australia, a, a category A. Uh, air rifle is in the same category as a break open shotgun so your clay targets etc um, I mean it's just none of these laws make sense at all I mean they left they didn't give us pump action shotguns but yet we can have a, a five shot lever action shotgun like the IAC or the Shiapa if you're, if you're uh, familiar with that shotgun um, again five shots what's the difference between levering a shotgun down or pumping it backwards and forwards none whatsoever so you know we're trying for suppressors we're trying to write to our local members and our politicians we're trying to get you know, at least pump action back to category a and all obviously abolish registration i mean you know registration. i mean canada just did the same thing they abolished firearms registration doesn't save lives and they can put that money back into you know, schools and, and, and you know, anything else really would be better than a complete waste of money bureaucracy. So just to ask you a question around, you talked about this this hunting culture. And in New Zealand, there's all sorts of figures that are bantered around. But the, the, the one that I use is there's 300,000 New Zealanders 
identify in one form or another as hunters. So yep. you're talking about roughly one in ten. No, right? yep. It's not yep. 100% correct, but we're give or take, we're one in 10 New Zealanders hunts, which means those hunters are providing for three or four members of their family. So yep. you take that sort of four out of 10 New Zealanders either hunts or is a recipient of the benefits of hunting. Yep. Therefore, 40% of Kiwis, before we even start to ask sensible people, are on the side of hunters in general. Of good hunters, good ethical hunters, blah, 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 right? Yep. In Australia, I suspect that your numbers, percentage-wise, are nowhere near like that. No, yeah. A lot of people don't really understand the difference between, you know, going out there and getting, you know, your free-range free meats compared to, you know, they just, some people say that, you know, you should head down to your local Woolworths or mm. Coles, which yeah. is our major <laughs> supermarket here, yep. to get, to get your meat. I mean, just to give you some the figures. The meat and I mean, coals. I was in Aussie not long ago. The meat and coals is terrible. Yep. Just saying. <laughs> well, it's, I wonder where it's been shipped from. You wouldn't know with those, you wouldn't know with those two. But anyway, that's a whole different podcast, I think, in itself. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, to give you an example here, Stephen, we had like in Victoria. This is um, a few years, about a few years back. But this was four hundred and thirty-nine million dollars injected into the local economy. I mean, this is bringing in more than. You know the F1 race, which was held in Melbourne. Um, it's almost. Well, I think. I think it's worth more than the Spring Carnival. I mean, that's 1,500 jobs. You know, uh, uh, in those rural areas, especially surrounding those duck hunting areas. Um, you know, places like Donald, just bringing in massive amounts of money, ammunition, four-wheel drives, fuel, food, accommodation. I mean, it's just huge. I mean, but again, we don't. It seems to be readily, from what I've seen, even though I haven't been to New Zealand yet, more readily accepted in New Zealand. I mean, here people just don't understand all the stuff going on with hunting on social media. I mean, people are just posting all the stuff up yeah. and uh, as negative. And unfortunately, we have a really left-leaning media in this country that you know doesn't like freedom. I mean, you guys are just you're living the dream over there, pretty much. The hunting opportunities, the the firearms opportunities, and you guys are proving that it's just it's not an issue. And I'm not sure why our politicians keep pushing with these ridiculous black hole of spending and wasting money on registries. And, you know, we can't have suppressors. Oh, my God, we're going to start killing people, apparently. I mean, it's yeah. just outrageous. But something I want to add here, though, is I think that Kiwis need to be aware of how good we actually have it. Oh. Because like anywhere, you know, we kind of we have our issues. We've got our 1080 issue. We've got our access issues. Yep. And we have some issues. But I don't think we... We, we really fully come to terms with how good we have it until we travel. Absolutely. Mm. Mate, here in this country, it's just very, you know, it's just, I don't think it's readily accepted. I mean, we have 800,000, 750 to 800,000 gun owners, you know, with about 3 million firearms in circulation. That's what we know of. And um, we don't know, obviously, the illegal firearm market. But, I mean, people just don't understand what we do. It's, it's, it's always in the media that people hunt. Oh, you shouldn't hunt, yet 99% of those people actually meet and don't really see the correlation mm. of me, you know, hunting from that animal sitting in a photo to what's put on their plate. They just, oh, I don't, I don't want to know about that. I just, I just want to eat it and, and not worry about it. Well, you know, I'm willing to go out and do the hard yards and shoot my own meat. So um, there's nothing more in my opinion, humbling than getting out there and, you know, taking your first rabbit yep. or your first animal. I mean, it's just, there's nothing like it in my opinion. I think the interesting thing about that is that we as hunters make ethical choices. I make an ethical choice to strive for the cleanest, fastest, 
most humane kill I can. I make an ethical choice to eat free-range meat. In fact, when I get off the phone or off Skype to you, I'm going inside to have venison. And <laughs> and I have a freezer less than six metres away from me that is almost full to the brim with venison that I shot. Yeah. So, yep. and, and I make an ethical choice every single time I hunt and every single time I eat meat to... To, uh, to put that that I, I make an ethical choice because farmed animals have a have a shit time. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I do eat farmed meat. I haven't I haven't gone to a hundred percent hunted meat yet, but it is it is an ethical choice we make, and I think that non hunters struggle with that. They and I think line them up, show them through a meatworks, then get their opinion. Yeah, I, I find too. I mean, I'm not sure if you see this in New Zealand with past people that don't like hunting over there. We don't I have really any. That's the great thing. We yeah. don't get the the anti anti hunting lobby here is very weak, and yeah. the most of the anti hunting hunting comments I get come from your side of the Tasman, Jason. <laughs> Mate, it saying. really doesn't surprise it really <laughs> doesn't surprise me to be brutally honest with you. But I find the the bigger the animal. The, the the more passionate people get. I mean, you know, I don't want to go into it, as you said before, but you know, going on social media. I mean, people hunt, and then you know, the anti's threatening, you know, to 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 kill hunters. I mean, it really is so mm. far jaded and unbelievable that you you advocate the saving of animals by by you know telling a hunter to pull a gun on themselves or to shoot themselves, or hopefully someone gets you them one day. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable, and, the, and I find the bigger the animal especially going towards our African species is just, you know, people get way more crazy and way more passionate when, you know, it's the bigger, you know, rabbits and foxes, no one really cares about for some reason yet. Uh, you talk, you know, about your larger animals, deer, and especially some of your other countries with large animals around the world, people just start to go off the chain crazy when it's a larger animal. So I, I really don't understand it, but that's what I've seen over the last, and a lot of it too. I wonder if in this country, if you look at the comments, I don't want to say a lot of it's women, but a lot of them are women. So I'm not sure. I've said this on my show before, Stephen, that, you know, I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure if it's the mother nurturing. Uh, oh, Dougie's going to just be horrified. Dougie was at interview last week and she's appeared on the show a couple of times. She's one of New yeah. Zealand's iconic female hunters. Um, Kim Swan's another one. Uh, we, we have some great female hunters and they listen to the show. And right now I can see eyes rolling and hands waving <laughs> at what you're saying, Jason. Yeah, but but I'm not, I'm not talking about like the female hunters are fantastic. <laughs> it's more the ones that it's the females that are anti-hunting. And if you go on, you've only got to go on my page or Facebook or some of the the podcast page or, or just hunting pages in general and you see them and a lot of them, you know, 20, you know, 18 out of 20 will be females saying, you know, hunt, <laughs> hunters have small appendages, you know, we're, we're compensating for something. Um, I mean, like, I just like to get my own meat. I like to hunt. I think it's a cultural <laughs> thing. I think it's, it's what we've done since this species of human beings uh, were oh, on this earth. Jason, you know, mate, we're, we're eyes forward. Let's accept it. We're eyes forward. We're predators. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Like it's like, and I think the meat eater, meat eater said this. What was his name again? Um, uh, the meat eater. He's got his meat eater show. The American guy, mm, and yeah. he said, um, uh, you know, basically that you know we are we uh, we're a species of one. So you know, it's like asking the wolf, you know, not not to hunt. You know, like asking the bear, well, you don't hunt, you don't get that salmon. It's it's anatomically impossible to do that. You know, it's just that we have the luxuries now of you know coals and Woolworths and heading five minutes from the shop. And, who knows how long that meat's been sitting around before it was, you know, brought to your plate. Could be weeks. Who knows, you know? For me, it's not so much that. It's about, it's an ethical thing. What, what, did, that, what did that animal go through? Uh, Jason, 
I want to ask you a little bit about hunting in Australia. Now, I've been to Australia sure. a lot. And to be frank, I haven't hunted there. It doesn't, yep. it hasn't really sort of, when you go there, it seems to be so bloody hard. It doesn't come up on my radar. Yep. And I want to hunt there. I, I really do. And I'm going to. In fact, I'm going to head over there and you're going to take me hunting. How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds good, Matt. We've got an array of, of game over here, you know, rabbits, foxes, deer, pigs, you know, buffalo, camels, even in the outback, very large camel population. Um, again, you hunt not camels? Many people... Sorry, yeah, this might sound yeah. like a muppet. You, you hunt camels? Uh, uh, it, Is people it wild hunt cam... camels just wandering around? Uh, millions. Really? Millions. Millions. Do you eat camels? In the outback. Really? Uh, Apparently, I just actually just read an article yesterday um, online that uh, there was a Middle Eastern shop here in Sydney, butcher shop that actually sells uh, camel, which about at about twelve dollars ninety nine per kilo, and it's very popular <laughs> with that community. So, so no, Somalian, sorry, cam- Somalian community, yeah, yeah Somalian. Yeah. They so were. have you eaten camel, Jason? I haven't eaten camel. No, I've because I'd eat um, it. I've got no issue with the concept. I just it never occurred to me. So you've got wild camel just bashing yep, around. Yep. yep. Do you, would you eat wild? Uh, would you eat fox or? Yeah. For the oath. I, you, I, would eat, you would eat fox? I, I'd try it. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I'd, they're pretty stinky over here. I mean, oh, really? They're pretty, yeah, they're not exactly. Uh, we eat possum here occasionally. Like um, old yeah. Pete Salter chucked possum and pies because possums are a pest yep. here. Yep. Um, so, you know, they, they get. I, I have seen that a lot over there. Like you've got wallabies and possums and just. Yeah, damn you, Australians. Uh, yeah, oh, you guys. Are, like I tell, if any, obviously you have a lot of New Zealand listeners. Mm. You don't realise, and this is I want I want this to sort of resonate with them that you guys have it amazing over there. I mean, the opportunities, the laws, everything to do with hunting is just yeah. You, know, you should be you know proud of the, of that heritage and, and proud of what you have because a lot of countries around the world just simply don't have it. Mm. One thing I really like, I live in the central North Island, so by Lake Taupo, the big blue pond in the middle of the North Island. Yep. I can leave home and within 20 minutes I can be in the hills and I can be on an animal. So I can leave home at four and be home by six with an animal. Unbelievable. And Unbelievable. I live in a, in, a, in a town that's almost a city, I suppose. Uh, but even if you lived in Auckland, if you lived in the centre of Auckland, you're two hours really away from some of the best hunting in the world. And, and how lucky is that? Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I'm in Sydney too. I'm in the Western Sydney, so out in the Western skirts, we sort of head over the mountain. But even for me, it's, yeah, it's still about you know, two hours before we can actually get out, you know, sort of into an area and hunt. And again, because those areas, you know, whether they're state forest land owned or it's private, you know, some of those areas have been hit fairly hard. Not always if you know the spots and you do the do the groundwork and you do the scoping while you're out there. Um, there definitely can be some positive, you know, opportunities had on, you know, deer and pigs. And sometimes you've got to be in the right place at the right time. But, yeah. you know, it's very rewarding when you do get them. But I really want to head to New Zealand. I want to head – I love uh, duck shooting and duck hunting, I should duck say. Duck shooting is awesome. And how about, Jason, how about you aim to be over here for duck shooting next year? Oh, I'd love that. I just you can, got... you can stay in, with uh, me if if, yeah. if you want to do a, a holiday on a budget. You can stay with me. We can do a couple of shows. Mike Felton listens every week. Mike, you're going to take Jason and me to the, a my, my This is a stunning place. This is I can't tell you where because we're not going to talk about it publicly. Beautiful little <laughs> my my, heaps of ducks, lots of fun. Yeah, you're keen. Are you, are you absolutely? Really? you just tell me when and where, and I'll be there. Uh, it's happening. I'll be there. And then we'll take Yaki on some deer, eh? 
Absolutely. In, in Australia, there's only um, a couple of states around Australia that still allow duck, duck hunting to occur. So Victoria, mm-hmm. uh, the Northern Territory, South Australia. But in New South Wales, actually, this might be of interest to your listeners. We have uh, in southern New South Wales, we have a lot of rice farmers um, and ducks generally in big numbers uh, on the Hay Plains down sort of Daniloquin and Hay in New, southern New South Wales. It's about eight hours south of Sydney. And we basically spend two weeks, you know, hunting ducks on uh, a, a property, which is basically you there shoot is ducks no. Away. You shoot yeah, you shoot ducks. Exactly. <laughs> no photos. I've, I've got several photos, but but when you're actually down there, the interesting part is there is no uh, limit. There is if I, if there's some years I've been there, you walk onto a rice field and there's just like you don't know how many ducks when they take flight. I'm like, Oh dear. Which one do you shoot? Mm. Some years aren't as good as others, depending on whether you think, where do these ducks come from? This place is literally in the middle of nowhere. Where do they, (laughs) and there's, there's no limits. If you shoot a thousand in a day, you shoot a thousand, Mm. you shoot 200, you shoot two, you shoot two, you shoot two. There's no limit. Um, only that the fact is that the farmer has a quota limit. So once he gets close to his quota limit, he has to call up our Department of Primary Industries, um, gets it, gets those numbers increased, and then you know can continue hunting. So why well, only get to do that once a year? And I love my wing shooting. I know I follow a few guys on YouTube that do a lot of um, uh, pigeon hunting on the North Island over decoys, and you know I want to do some pigeon hunting as well because not something I'm interested in actually. Really? I'll, nah. Look, I'll, I'll do it. Pigeon shooting again, Jason. Mm. Um, but I, <laughs> I now nah, the, the old pigeon thing doesn't interest me a whole lot. But I'd I'd give it a go because I haven't done it, yeah. so it's it's on my radar. But you've got to remember, for me, you know, the the deer stalking, the the pig hunting, and the duck shooting, and whatever else I decide I want to do, it, it takes up yeah. a lot of time. There's a lot of it to be done, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, but I love my wing. That's what I want to come to New Zealand. Very good, you know, duck shooting, mm. um, you know, uh, opportunities, <laughs> you know, geese, ca- yeah. geese. I want to hunt geese. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I just, I love, I love wing shooting. I mean, I love fox calling as well. You don't have foxes over there in yeah. New Zealand, correct? Well, no, we so. do, but they're not, not fox, fox foxes. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we, we do a lot of calling for foxes, electronic callers. We use, you know, whistles and. <laughs> oh, gotcha, chicks. You talking chicks? Yeah, here, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, gotcha. No, I've never met. Actually, I've, everyone I've ever met in New Zealand, I've actually I was seeing a New Zealand girl uh, about two years ago. Mm. So um, she was quite nice, but um, she ended up going back to New Zealand. So you know, had to set her free. So yeah, but you know, but I should have married her now because I've been in New Zealand enjoying the uh, good quality hunting, the good quality uh, uh, shooting opportunities, and the and the fantastic gun laws. So. Oh, look, and and Australia's a great place. So we're not we're not digging at Australia. We're not having a go at Aussie. I love it when I go there. Yep. And and next time I I haven't been to Sydney for ages. So let's next. What time would I'm, you want to hunt? What would you want to hunt? What would your? I reckon foxes. Oh, I can definitely get you on that. No problem at all. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that's something I can't do here. Yeah, normally one of us will have a a rifle. Normally depends on where we hunt. Depends on how thick it is. But if we've got you know, some open area. One of us has a rifle and then one has a shotgun. So it depends if they've been shot at before. But, you know, I just went hunting actually about a month ago and uh, I put a, a YouTube video on you. Sorry, a video on YouTube and we called in two foxes within about, you know, two minutes of getting on the whistle and we shot one. And this has never happened to me before. We shot one and then we went to walk over to it about five seconds later. And then another fox was literally 
sitting right in front of us at our 12 o'clock position, about 10 metres away. After we shot the other one, normally it would run off, but it didn't. My mate's got a, um, a, a Mossberg bolt-action shotgun, so he, which is kind of interesting. He cocked it again. Fox was still sitting there, and he, and he hit the second one as well. So definitely gets your heart racing, Stephen. There's nothing like calling in a fox, and you see the fox coming in from – you know, two, three, four, five hundred meters, you know, finding and it's looking right at you. If, if you don't have an electronic call and you're lo- using a whistle, um, they're looking right at you and you've got to be still up against a tree, camouflage, sometimes not even camouflage. They don't even see you. So mm. it's just uh, very rewarding. And I want to talk to you about your pig hunting. Yes. Because I think, I think New Zealanders and Australians hunt pigs slightly different. Yep. So how do you hunt them? Depends. Depends. So the areas that I go to don't generally hold pigs. Again, you know, if you go to the far sort of outback, there are a lot of pigs, especially in the northern regions. I find there's a lot more pigs. Um, again, closer to Sydney, where I'm from, and I think south as well, there's a little bit less of an opportunity. Um, and I've actually, I'm going to be honest on the show, I've never shot a pig. I've had only one opportunity, and I sort of had, it was between a tree, and I didn't sort of feel comfortable taking that shot, mm-hmm. so I didn't. Um, but, you know, again, you know, it's just coming across them they're very sneaky uh they tend to hide very well camouflage themselves i think that's sort of universal amongst you know certain pig populations but you know they can get really big over here they can be aggressive you know if you spook them uh you know especially when they're in a large group but definitely i know a lot of guys over here they love to hunt pigs with dogs as well especially on the scent uh, i'm not sure if that's big over there in new zealand but it definitely <laughs> you is have no idea <laughs> you know, running off the back of the yeah. car, the dog jumps off, stabbing the pig. Uh, but again, like I said, the aunties definitely are trying to stop that happening in Australia because, you know, they just don't really have anything else to do. See, I find hunters are, are extremely tolerant uh, of, you know, I, I don't care if a vegan doesn't want to eat meat. They can do whatever they like, but just don't tell me what I sort of, if it's legal, just leave me alone to my devices mm-hmm. because I want to go out and hunt. I shouldn't. You know, but if these people got in charge, they would change the laws tomorrow. None of us would be eating meat, especially in this country. I can Isn't it interesting? That. It's it's kind of like a, a person that used to smoke that doesn't smoke that tells everyone not to smoke. I I, yeah, exactly. I don't smoke and never have, but it's that kind of mentality, isn't it? I don't eat meat, and neither should everybody else. You know? Yeah, yeah, and and we're we are yeah tolerant of that. Like, if you don't want to eat meat, don't eat meat. I don't care, but. Mm. <laughs> don't tell me I don't tell me that I can't hunt when it's legal and don't and they're always trying to advocate and they're very extreme and this is where hunters in this country, especially and shooters, need to you know, get off their collective bums because the Greens in this country are, are a political party that are trying to take away pretty much all firearms ownership uh, altogether. Uh, if they were in charge and they have 10% of the vote, mind you, they're the third biggest party in this country, we wouldn't have any hunting opportunities. We wouldn't have any firearms at all. Uh, they're already talking about, you know, dropping numbers down as in how many firearms you can actually own. So, you know, why do you own five? Do you need five? Well, can you get by with having three firearms? See, I have a rule in my life. I can never own too many guns or too big a TV. Yeah, exactly. Just I, saying. That's a good rule. Yeah, that's a very good rule. Yeah, we we, we think the same here, but it's just that, ex- <laughs> that extreme yeah. green element in this country that just is trying to take away you know, I, I think what is in essence a right, you know, because they've already charging us now for, uh, I think and you guys have that over there too, a, a fishing license, a fishing tax, yeah, I yeah. like to call it, um, which they introduced about 10, you know, 10 or 12 years ago, which costs us about $60 that, a year. So. Is that for fresh water or salt water? For, uh, both, fresh and yeah, salt see, water. Yeah, we don't pay for salt. The old, the old ocean's free. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I would have thought. You know, you go into your estuary systems, which is salt water. Uh, if we put a, a, a line in the water, 
uh, we have to pay that license fee. And, you know, they're, we're already worried. Uh, fish shows are already worried in this country where their money is going. And, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the, the people in this country, uh, especially the Labor Party before the last election here in New South Wales, were going to make a fair chunk of uh, Sydney Harbour a marine park. So that means, you know, we are paying the government to fish in essence, you know, like the, the taxpayers, we own the water. What, what happens if I want to go out and get, you know, some fish for the family? Well, I can't do that unless I have a license. Uh, Not everyone's off. Okay, Jason, this is what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make a new hashtag uh, uh, so far yes. unsuccessfully. And I, I want <laughs> I want this hashtag to be providers. So when you do a hashtag and you're talking about hunting, you do hashtag hunting, hashtag yep. whatever, hashtag meat. Yep. I want it to be yep. hashtag providers because you've just, you, you really have, or provider, you really have touched on something. As hunters, and, and I don't cover fishing in the show, I'm, I'm not a fisherman's anything. Yep. But as hunters, we are providers. Well, like I talked about before, if I hunt, I provide meat for probably three or four people. Yeah. Probably more. In fact, the amount of people that when I say, I rang up a friend of mine, Brian Jennings, and some of you know that name from radio, and said, mate, I've got some venison for you. He was over the moon. Yeah. So we are, as hunters, we are providers. Absolutely. I've tried to introduce, you know, a, a meat to, you know, friends and I've, I've put it in uh, sausages, which I really enjoy making. I love sort of the sausage making and, and, and you know, uh, rissoles, you might call them in this country. I'm not sure if it's called the same over there, yeah. but, you know, um, like burger patties yeah, in venison, in wild pork. I mean, they just taste, if you get the mixture right, I mean, it tastes fantastic. Mm-hmm. Even even one of my best friend's son, uh, he's, I remember his mum was there because she's, a bit not anti-hunting she's not like big on the african stuff as well and does a lot of facebook posting about it and she's like oh do you want one and she's like no 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 but he, he, he's really picky i'm surprised he likes it i said well he keeps asking me for more so the more people we can get into it and make it a normal thing you know people just can't get past the chicken pork uh, beef that you get from the local supermarket it's just you know yeah, I mean, see, it's fantastic. I, I, I suspect new zealand's different in that respect as a hunter if i if i even begin to announce that I've got some venison that I'm wanting to give away, uh, I would be flooded, and I do. You ring up a mate that you know doesn't get a lot of decent meat. Hey, I've got some venison for you. Fantastic. You know, they get excited. What do you want? You want a box of beer? No, mate, no, no. I've just got some venison for you. And I think hunters need to do more of that. And I challenge you, Jason, to use that hashtag, providers. We need to be seen as providers for ourselves, our family, and our community. Do you reckon we can get it to go viral? What do you think? I reckon I'm trying. <laughs> I, I don't know how good this is going to go. This could this could fall flat, and I don't care. I just think yeah. it needs to be something. So I want you to do that. Can you do me that one favour? Absolutely. I, I, I'm just thinking about it. I think people would, would, would get it. Yeah, if they read it, they'd say provider. Like, if it's in co- the contrast of hunting. Duck shooting season. Yep. Head over to New Zealand. You've got a bed. You've got plenty of firearms. Don't bring bring nothing but yourself. Yep. It will get you onto a deer, a duck, and a pig. Unbelievable. Yeah, I love that. Just don't don't forget me because I'd be I'm licking my lips now just uh, just thinking about it. But uh, yeah, I love that wing shooting. I mean, it's just amazing the opportunities you, you guys have, and you know you're so lucky. And if the listeners are listening again, you know, just just mm. keep at it. You know, make sure you keep enjoying it. Keep buying those licenses. Keep getting out there. And, you know, it's just a rich culture, and hopefully we can we can do the same over here. And hunters here need to just not stuff it up. 
You know, we've exactly. got it good. Let's keep it that way. And I yeah. fear, and I genuinely fear, that we're in a situation where we're our own worst enemies. Yeah. And know. what I mean by that is we, we post things on online that you go, gosh, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you yeah. thinking? What were you thinking? The anti-hunting lobby is going to have a field day with us. Let's not give them anything to get us on. And I'm not saying lie. I'm not saying hide things. Like any sport, 10% of, well, maybe not 10%. There's a percentage of hunters that are dickheads. There's no yep. other way to put it. And yeah, absolutely. they seem to be the ones that are putting out all the stuff, you know, videos of dogs getting torn up and stuff that we just don't want to see. Good hunters kind of keep to themselves. I, I always tell people to try and disassociate with those types of people, you know, people that do the wrong thing or make people look bad or, you know, because it's just, it's not good, you know, not good, especially someone news coming into the shooting or hunting community to say, well, this is okay. You know, this sort of behavior is okay because it's, it's generally not okay, depending on what the person's actually doing. So I try and just, you know, educate them on, you know, what they should be doing, their, their responsibilities. And, you know, hopefully, they, you know, they learn something, you know, throughout that process. So, I'm just, what else can you do? I mean, you know, just disassociate because those, unfortunately those people are always going to be there. It's just, you know, just basically weeding them out of the uh, hunting and shooting gene pool, I guess. Hmm. So there you go, Jason. We've got it. Hunters as providers. Let's do hashtag providers. All right. I'm writing it down now. Yeah, Come I've on. got it. I want to see that. I'm going to keep an eye on you. Oh, geez. I'm at school. I feel like I'm at school. I know. I know. <laughs> Homework. But, I've got homework. Yeah, I, I want to see that happen over there. Also, <laughs> I, I wonder, and I'm thinking about this as I say it, but, you know, I was just talking about then about, you know, calling up a mate that doesn't get a lot of wild food and say, you know, hey, I've got some venison here for you. And they yeah. love that. Isn't that the best way? Isn't that the absolutely. absolutely best way to keep them in the pro hunting or the, the positive side of that ledger is that they are yeah. being provided for by us? The funny thing is, if I said that to a few of my friends that don't hunt, they'd be like, no, why would I want venison? Like, what, what, why would I need that? And I'm like, well, you know, to eat it? And they're like, oh, no, no, no. They'd rather spend money and buy food than actually eat venison. Yeah, because, but I, again, blame, I, blame, so I blame Australia for that. Yeah? yeah. Well, how so? Explain. How so? <laughs> well, come on. That doesn't happen here. I, honestly, that wouldn't happen. It's an, oh, it's amazingly different culture. I mean, why is it different though? What's your what, what's your reasoning? What's your why do you think it's so different to Australia that you know, like if I'm offering free venison, that would be costing if you bought it at the shop, oh, probably fairly expensive, thirty thirty five, probably forty dollars a kilo. Mm. I'm not sure what the going rate is right now. Um, uh, they would say no, no. Like I was offering it to my friend's wife, like have these sausages. They're fa- they're, they're fantastic tasting. Forget that it's venison. No, nah, not interested in even tasting it. No, nah, no, thank you. Um, Again, because they just haven't grown okay, up okay. with that What's culture. What's the major difference? Because well, I, I don't know. I think just because they haven't done it before, like they don't. Yeah, but people over here so that haven't to... done it will try it. Oh, they might try it, but then they'll be like, "Oh, oh yeah, that, that was okay," but uh, no, nah, and then go back to their nah. chicken. And, no, and I anything. disagree. Disagree. Really? Nah, disagree. No, I think that. No, nah, Kiwis love it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's because the percentages are so much higher. There is, yeah. Okay, excluding the, the bunch that are completely anti it, and there's some of those, and, and I respect them, and they can have their opinion. But most people, if you say, hey, here's a bit of venison, they're like, holy crap, you know, I haven't had that since I was a kid, or my dad's mate that hunted. The percentages are just different. Yeah. If I offer it to my hunting friends, yeah, they're all over it. No, mm. no problem at all. They just love it. They're like, can you get me some more? I'm like, hey, steady on. 
you know, I need mm. some for myself too. So just all, all, all really depends on the, on the person you're offering it to. But yeah, you know, I've tried to get many people into it. Some have taken it on board and sometimes ask me, especially, you know, surrounding, if you get some goat meat, I live near a few people that are, you know, Fijian culture. Uh, so they, uh, you know, they love sort of getting goats and they sort of eat that. So, you know, sometimes I've been able to get them a goat leg and they've been appreciative of that. So Goat sausages know. are good, eh? Loving the oh, goat sausages. Goat sausages, venison, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I've only had a very limited amount of wild pork, but, um, yeah, certainly they uh, – they, if you get if you get the recipe right, oh, but it's 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 almost better than women probably you know saying that, but <laughs> depends who you ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna button that bun right back. Hey, Jason, look, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And if people want to find out more about your podcast, how do they yeah. do that? Where do they find you? Sure. Um, I guess the uh, website is australianhuntingpodcast.com.au or facebook.com forward slash Australian Hunting Podcast. So you can go to one of those. Um, we also do Twitter, twitter.com forward slash AH Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just, yeah, send us. Or if you want to talk to me, I'd love to hear from you know, the New Zealand listeners. I love talking to New Zealand people about their hunting and stuff. So Australian Hunting Podcast at gmail.com mm. and we're a vocal bunch so no doubt you'll get something <laughs> yeah hopefully they and, do i want to hear about the opportunities what you know the opportunities well, and yeah you know if there's and hopefully i get to show them to you you know I, i'm quite serious about this i'm not just saying this for the radio show jason if you really want to head over here you've you've got someone that can guide you through some hunting and get you onto some good spots and, uh, and hopefully show you a really good time and show you the best of what New Zealand has to offer. But I'm expecting the same back from you, Sunshine. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I've always tried. I've asked a few people on my uh, podcast page once, um, you know, who's a good outfitter to go duck hunting with or, or geese? Just what ask. Do I, just yeah, ask me. You know? There you go, Jason. Yeah, there you go. Well, 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 definitely. I don't need to now, do I? No. No, <laughs> you're sorted. And I'd love to get onto some fox hunting So, because it's something I've definitely never done. And uh, if you want to see me, hate mail, info at thehuntingshow.co.nz. All right, well, let's do this again. Let's not be strangers. Let's talk again in a few months' time yep. and uh, and do the same thing. In fact, I think it's it's probably about time you interviewed me for your show. I think so, man. Well, we'll have to arrange that very soon. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how good I'd be at being interviewed. Um, I think you'd be, go pretty well. well. We'll use the hashtag provider or providers. Yeah. That'll, that'll be a good start. What do you think? Bloody oath. Well, I, I was on an American podcast recently, and within about 10 minutes, I flipped it around, and I was interviewing them. <laughs> so used to being on the side of the microphone. You've done very well being on that side. Yeah, I did interview a guy who does some outfitting. He lives in Australia now. He's a Kiwi guy, Tom Jones from uh, Main Divide Outfitters. So I've interviewed him about the opportunities in New Zealand. So he certainly opened my eyes. But I'm definitely always looking for more people to speak to from New Zealand because, you know, we're not that far away and we, we share, I think, the same passions uh, for hunting and shooting. And mm. just unfortunately, you've got it better than we do at the moment. So, But if you want to come fox hunting, we can definitely get you onto some foxes. And, well, I'm hoping the better time of the year is probably, you know, towards summer or March, April is a good month before they start, you know, getting ready to sort of breed and have, you know, little mini foxes. So, <laughs> and we have millions. If you're in the right space at the right time, oh, you know, you can have, you can definitely have a great time. There's nothing like calling a fox into about 10 meters away from you that just doesn't see you. It's just, Fantastic. if your heart, Steve, if your heart doesn't race, right, then I'm not going to take you out again because even after 10 years, my heart still races when a fox comes up. My heart literally leaps out of my chest, cause, but 
if you don't, if you don't get that, well, you shouldn't be hunting. I think so. I'm sure I will. Thank you again, and let's catch up in a couple of months. That's us for another week at the Hunting Show. Remember, be active. You could win that great prize with NZ Outdoor Hunting Magazine. That's all I'm going to say because I've talked too long. Be careful out there and good hunting. Podcasting from an undisclosed location, from a secret hunting spot known only to him and the guy who told him about it and possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics.